Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by Red IQ. Check it out. They turn multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Check them out at RedIQ.com. And speaking of multifamily, that is our topic today. And as we were just talking to Jay in the segment before, one of the opportunities out there today is in B properties and C properties. And if you think about workforce housing, you know, they're not building any new <laughs> workforce housing. It's too expensive. Uh, so as you know, on the show, we like to talk to the analysts and economists. We also like to talk to the people in the trenches, the people actually owning the properties and see what it looks like from their desk. Please welcome my next guest, Steve Firestone. And Steve is managing partner with Crown Bay Group, and he's joining us in Studio One. Steve, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Michael, for inviting me. Well, Steve, you guys uh, own and, and manage a lot of these kind of workforce-type housing properties. And uh, what size and number of units uh, are you typically uh, handling? Uh, we typically try to go for you know, between two and 400 unit mm -hmm. properties. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it might be 150 to 200 if it's, you know, if there's, if there's a good deal there. Mm -hmm. um, and they are mostly workforce housing. We try to stick to the more of C, C plus type housing, mm -hmm. maybe B minus. Um, and have you seen good rent growth in that area? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen great rent growth uh, as, as a lot of uh, cities have over the, the last few years, very mm -hmm. steady. You know, it might have slowed down a little bit from the last few years, but it's still, you know, I would say above average to potentially to other other asset classes. Um, doesn't really seem to be any um, any slowdown on that side. Uh, you know, to to a great extent. What's it like to manage those types of properties? A little tougher than the A, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, C properties is definitely a, a you know you need to get used to it and have some experience behind you. Um, like I, I always say, in one way, you know, managing C properties it's not rocket science, but um, but you definitely need to know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's really simple, though. I mean, to me, um, you know, if you've got a, a C. A, C class property with workforce housing, what you know, which could be anybody from working from, you know, shopping malls to the airport to uh, you know local uh, industrial factories distribution. Mm -hmm. um, they only want one thing, or you know, they only want a place to live that they know is safe. Uh, they get good service, you know, and it's clean, and they and and the management treats them right. Yeah. and that's it. And if you can do those three things, you know, those few things, then there's no reason for them to move across the street or down the road or whatever. Yeah, take care um, of your client, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What type of tenant traffic are you seeing today? You've, you've been in this several years. Is your tenant traffic kind of steady or is it trailing off or increasing with the job uh, market where we are? I think it's, uh, it's been pretty steady. Um, I guess it depends, you know, what, you know, what market you're in specifically. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, yeah. we try to target high growth markets. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also the specific property. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we always, when we're doing our due diligence, if we're, you know, just because something's a good deal doesn't mean you should buy it. I mean, there's, you know, there's always a reason, potentially. Uh, but, you know, if there's, um, you know, we try to feed off other people's due diligence, like on the retail side. Mm -hmm. Of course, if we're buying near a, you know, anything that's recently been built, whether it's a, mm -hmm. you know, Walmart or especially, you know, things near Walmart superstores we like, mm -hmm. or we, where we see new, uh, 
you know, new fast food places or new other kinds of retail going up. Um, you know, they, we know they've done their homework and they're not spending money to build those things for nothing. Yeah. Um, and that only, you know, enhances the, you know, the, the attraction to a tenant to your property. So um, those, are, those are the kind of things that we look for. And of course, new businesses that, um, mm -hmm. you know, are going to eventually open. So if you're getting the, you know, like we have a property in uh, South Carolina mm -hmm. and we knew that they were building a, the biggest factory ever built in Columbia, South Carolina since 1980s. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, five minutes behind our property, and there's only one road that goes there, and it's the road behind our property. Oh, nice. And they're hiring 400 people. Well, you don't get 400 people locally, and they don't hire them overnight. So they just, you know, we knew we'd have to wait a year. We rehab the property, and now we're working with their HR as they slowly, you know, um, bring in people from other states, other cities to fill those positions in the in the factory. Right. That's great. And maybe that this that particular property it sounds like it's not an issue, but when you overall look at your properties as you um, buy these properties and you fix them up and, and you start raising rents, are you having issues with affordability? Some of the, the tenants actually being able to afford to pay the rents. Um, I mean, of course, you know we're buying them to add value, and we, we you know everybody wants to raise rents if you can, but mm -hmm. you know we try to keep it in line with the affordability in the area. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, vacant units or skips and evictions are, are you know, uh, an owner's worst enemy. Mm -hmm. um, it just costs money to turn a unit twice in a year, so nobody wants to do that. So, you know, we don't want to make people pay something that we think that they can't pay. So we do try to, you know, take that into consideration. And, uh, you know, if anything, you know, we'll do it a little at a time. So as, the, as they say, you know, if your property's full, your rents are too low. So, um, you know, we, we try to keep an open mind on that. And also, it, it really depends on, um, you know, obviously their, their credit, their uh, worthiness, their job, mm -hmm. their, their income. Mm -hmm. So we do take that into consideration. And, um, you know, a lot of times we get like kids, and I say kids, or younger people who is their first time out of their own home. Mm -hmm. And uh, they don't know how to manage their money. Mm -hmm. So although they might be, you know, go through our vetting process, you know, unfortunately, those are the types that really sort of almost fall through the cracks in that way that because th we can't manage their money for them. And if, yeah. if they're still young and they're going to go out and spend it on other things and they're going to be short at the end of the month, that's not really our problem, but it becomes our problem. It becomes your problem, that's right. So um, on that end of it, it's affordability. But I think the people that are a little bit older and that have steady jobs, you know, they know they've learned how to manage their money by that point and yeah. they don't want to have to move again because that costs them money too. Yeah. Well, I, I, when I was a young man, I started uh, in this business. I started managing apartments, and I started selling them when I was 19 and still in school. And, uh, and when I had a, a management company, and we managed a lot of B and C properties as well. And one of the thing, big things that I saw was helpful is just really stay on top of, of collections. And I was kind of a no-story guy. You know, if you don't pay by the 10th, we're filing a dispossessory. Sorry. Uh, but we, we have to do it. Yeah. What, are, what are some other tips related to managing those types of properties? You, you mentioned that it's obviously it's more difficult than A, and that's where a lot of the upside is in these types of properties, if you can really manage yeah. them well. Uh, absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. there is great upside there. A lot of the times <clears throat> when we take over properties, you know, we say that um, uh, we buy this, you know, value-add properties, as they call them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're going to go in there and do massive work and, and all that. It, it, it's, you know, it runs the whole gamut from just it's just not being aggressively managed, right. and there's nothing wrong with it, to doing, you know, full renovations. 
Um, and some of the ones that we do take over are, you know, just not non-aggressive management yeah. where, you know, where, you know, the owner has maybe too much input um, and gets too personal about things mm -hmm. and starts bending the rules a bit, which mm -hmm. you really can't do and shouldn't do even by, you know, housing rules and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But, um, you know, having, having management that's, um, uh, you know, uh, totally impartial is very important. Yeah. Um, you have to have rules. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the big things, just just to digress a little bit, but it's a similar uh, thought, is that um, uh, you need to train your tenants. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard that, mm -hmm. and, and it is true. And that's not, you know, it's not to, uh, to sound derogatory in any way. They need to know the rules of your apartment complex. Right. And um, once they come in, if you stick to the rules, you have rules. Um, then they, they do stick to it because they know you mean business. So you can't just, you know, do one thing for one person, something for another. So, yeah. um, you know, we file on everybody, you know, whatever, you know, the day, you know, I think it's only five days after, after mm -hmm. the month. But that's not to say they're getting evicted, yeah. but we file because they know they're late. Yeah. That's the rules when you signed up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yes, there's a late fee. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a lot of tenants that do pay late. And, and, it sounds bad, but it is actually a regular income for right. all properties of that, you know, uh, of that, that yeah. class. Yeah. And um, so we don't want to say necessarily, you know, if everybody paid on the first, we'd be missing some other income that we would usually have. But yeah. at the same time, um, you know, it would be nice if they at least paid, you know. We, we do get the bulk of it um, early on yeah. uh, by the 10th usually. Um, only because we stick to the rules. Yeah, when, um, when, when we had the management company and managed a lot of those properties, our Januaries were pretty strong months, a lot of late charges. Steve, how do you yeah. look at the current market there in that, in that class of type of property? I guess you're mostly in the southeast and these kind of C kind of apartments. Do you think it's a, a, a time to, to sell these kinds of properties in those markets, or is it time to buy? Is it a buyer-seller's <laughs> market here? Well, I guess, you know, the... the uh, rents and increases rents and of course sales prices are, are they, although they do meet and help help sell a property they're also two separate issues mm -hmm. so I think at, in the market at the moment probably in most larger uh, MSAs is a good time to sell yeah. uh, but then of course you've got the dilemma of replacing them right. and uh, you know we sold four properties last year thinking you know this is the peak of the market and we probably would have got a lot more even now <laughs> but they were great prices we yeah. made great returns yeah. And we just move on and hope that we can can replace them. And right. luckily, we have a good pipeline and a good network. And so time <clears> time <throat> to sell, but also you're still buying as well. Yeah, right? and we're still yeah. selling at yeah. the moment yeah. and still buying. Right. So right. Um, that's just something that uh, hopefully, you know, if you're going to do both, you have to have a good developed pipeline, like I said, and good relationships to find product. But um, nobody knows where the top of the market is. It's like anything, you yeah. know, in the stock market too. Yeah. If you're going to wait for the top, you might wind up in trouble. No, so I like we that tip. We like don't look tip. for the top yeah. of the market. Yeah. You know, if, it's, if, if it meets our goal and our, our projections that we set out for our investors in the first place, mm -hmm. and if I'm in year three, um, you know, I try to be really strict about that, and I think that's a really important thing, too. If I'm on year, even if it was helped by the market, if I'm on year five's projections in year three, mm -hmm. it's sell. Mm -hmm. That's what the numbers tell me. That's what I do. Watch the numbers. Yeah. All right, Steve, great information. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right, stay tuned. Next, we'll have a broker who's day-to-day selling apartments. We'll get his take on the market and some tips and strategies. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Bomi International. For facilities and property management education, visit bomi.org. Buyproxy.com. Your global commercial real estate listing service. Visit buyproxy.com. Red IQ. Turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com.